just go for it. Um, good evening, I'm guessing, Dimitri. What time is it there? Yeah, evening. It's 10, 10 p.m. 10 p.m. Wow. So for reference, it's 12 here. So, so you're in Moscow, correct? Right on. Okay. So welcome to Dream Talking. We're going to get right into it. Um, I'm going to hit you with the question that I hit most people. I was thinking on the way over, one of the things I don't want to do, because I hear everybody doing it to you again and again, is going, um, oh, is there a non-duality scene in Russia? I'm like, he's got to be, <laughs> he's got to be getting tired of hearing that. Um, are, are you using muted? Oh. Uh, are you muted, Dimitri? We just lost you all. Or did we lose our sound? We no, our sound's on. Sorry, that was that was me. I selected okay. something wrong. I saw your reaction. You were laughing at. <laughs> yeah, like maybe just somehow I'm the only one from Russia for that particular group of people. Yeah. So they're cu curious about many things. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So I'm gonna I'll spare you that for the podcast, and I'm I'm more into the idea of getting into um, your story what kind of brought you to where you are here today, and then we'll just sort of riff on um, the shit we're in. I mean, obviously, you're into non-duality, you're into Paul, so that's enough fuel to keep me going for three hours. Um, yeah. So we'll, we'll, get, sure. uh, we'll get a little bit of your backstory, introduce you to the, uh, to the Dream Talking community, and then we'll get into it. So I'll hit you with the first question I like to hit guests with is, um, can you think of a moment, maybe the first moment that comes to mind of when you knew that something was up, that uh, the stories you were being told by maybe family or church or community wasn't quite the whole story. You knew there was something a little bit more. Anything come to yeah. mind? Yeah, there was a period when I was, when I graduated from university in Moscow and I was uh, really tuned tuned in into idea of kind of earning money. I, I was quite, quite a compulsive shopper at the moment. And it was maybe the first time I, I earned some really good money, my first salary. And I was just buying stuff from some shorts from England and jeans or something like that. And then I, I went to my first, yeah. So I, I worked for a month and then I, started having this like lingering feeling like I just imagined myself sitting in the office till I'm 60 years old. And then I thought like, something's not right. <laughs> Something's missing. Yeah. And then I, I thought, well, maybe that's the job. And I tried uh, rearrange to another basically the same the same thing but to another office which was like very nice office like super a class or whatever and uh, i was part uh working part-time because I, I was still in the my last uh year in the university and then i uh, was kind of enjoying because i was basically just arriving at the office i was reading something and then they were paying me and I thought like, wow, that's cool. And then when time was to start working and I started like for a few months and my eyes were completely like hurting from the monitor. Yeah. And I, I was just, and I suddenly started having this uh, like basically his, hysterical reactions. I would just go to the restroom and I was just crying and crying because I was just, uh, super depressed about all that and yeah. and then it coincided that my friend introduced an idea to because he, he he was experiencing kind of the same thing with his job and we decided we're gonna build a music studio and and then it was like like a dream at, at the first moment because uh, we quit our jobs. We just did what we enjoyed and also started earning a little bit of money. And, uh, but then it suddenly start, started crashing and like the whole business collapsed. And 
I had to find another job to to pay back all the debts and stuff like that. And uh, uh, I didn't want to go to office, so I found a job in um, kind of uh, internet provider company that was just working 24 hours, and then I had three three week day uh, three three days off, mm. and basically in the night I could just go to bed. So I was basically working just 12 hours and then three days off. And I was really depressed and I started tuning into some kind of esoterics. And, uh, and probably even before that, I, I remember in retrospect, even when I was in, in school, I was, uh, on, on one hand I was, Kind of reaching and, and seeking for basically pleasures and I don't like girlfriends and stuff like that. And then I was still always interested in some kind of something, either it's science fiction, and it was Carlos Castaneda. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, it's basically kind of was lingering since my teenage, but yeah, it, it probably the, the biggest part when it something started shifting was when I graduated from university. Right on. Cool. Well, all sorts of images popped up in my mind as you were sharing all that, which was really cool. Uh, one thing I was thinking of that uh, my buddy Patrick, who's been on the podcast, I've heard other people say this, the idea of rearranging the furniture on the Titanic, right? That sense of thinking of, oh man, see, I'm in this office, I'm getting these cool clothes, I'm getting these paychecks, and then that flashing forward to being 60 years old in the same office, that's that, <laughs> you go, okay, well maybe if I rearrange the furniture on the Titanic, it won't sink, or whatever, right? It's like, it, it's tied in with, you know, uh, impermanence and fear of death and all that kind of stuff, for sure. And so I, I can relate to that, absolutely, that thing of like, uh, everyone has their own idea of it's just that seeking behavior. It's just one thing away. Maybe it is just the new clothes or it's the, uh, the new office or the new house. And, and, and it's funny, it, it translates to all sorts of stuff too. Like you were saying your buddy and you doing the music studio, like, okay, maybe it's, it's saying fuck the man and doing my own creative thing. And, and maybe that did hit some certain things, but even that, you know, fell apart and, and what I love again and again hearing people share about what tends to bring them to this is things failing them again and again and again. And, you know, that's Paul, Paul Hederman 101 is uh, what, can a, what can a failed system do? It can fail you. That's its greatest gift is it can yeah. fail you again and again. And then at, at a certain point, it's undeniable that it's a failed system. And, you know, then you're left to your own devices, basically. Um, I'm just interested, I just on a little... Side note, what kind of music were you into or did you record a certain genre or style? Yeah, I was very tuned into Red Hot Chili Peppers, like mm. big, big fan. Yes, awesome. And, and then, which, which was also actually a part of my disappointment because I, w I was hoping to play something like that, but my friend was more tuned in into Pink Floyd and stuff like that. Okay. And so it was kind of weird mix of Chili Peppers, Pink Floyd, and so it's yeah. hard to imagine. I can but try, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, and then yeah, like, like it's funny that the music career kind of passes through this non-duality trip because at first it was the music band, and I retreated from it when we lost our business and uh, I tuned into some esoterics and then I was in, invited to another band, which was much closer to what I was uh, liking. And uh, that's when I already quit my sort of telecommunication career. And I, this time I decided I will become a, uh, I will make a living on music mm -hmm. and which we started to do with, with, with another band. And, uh, and that's basically where I was thinking I was going into the direction of uh, 
I was be becoming a musician, things were working out. I, I had like some rela relationship happened, like occurred for me, which I was looking forward for a very, very long time since like university time. And, um, and then that's basically where it's funny that it, at one of the concerts, I started feeling that something's kind of wrong. Like uh, I was feeling like uh, uh, maybe it's, it's flu or something. And I felt like not, not, not very good in my body. And then we played the concert and I uh, went back home. And then this like big awakening experience happened, occurred when I was like, just almost reaching my apartment. I was at the, at the parking lot and suddenly like all sense of time just completely like <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> interesting. Was that the first time something like that or that heavy hit for you? Uh, yeah, like probably the first time when it was that much of experience, but then um in retrospect like a little bit later i remembered a, an interesting episode when i was like before that somewhere in school and i came back came back home from school and i sat at the table and i had the weird experience like i was like like who's this <laughs> <laughs> and, and the question and the, and the answer was but this is me and and then i completely kind of freaked out in the moment and it was probably that scary that I even completely forgot about it and only remembered after that kind of second experience, which yeah. was much bigger. <laughs> yeah, that's so interesting. Yeah, you just did a little um, self-inquiry sort of um, <laughs> without meaning I, to, I guess. I was completely, yeah, really completely automatic because I, mm -hmm. I maybe I was reading Castaneda or something like that, but none of the non-duality at the moment. Yeah, and I was just, just as you said that, I'm thinking of similar experiences when I was young, and it is kind of terrifying, well, for the selfing, for that process, for the ego, to go, oh, no, there's kind of no foundation to stand on. And if you don't have that, you know, going through all this later on in my life, but having Paul there, having fellowship, having people to talk this out with, so you don't feel like, you know, oh, no, if... You know who am I? I'm me, and then that doesn't quite make sense. And you see some holes in that story. You, you're kind of terrified because you're you feel it's like being stuck in a bad acid trip or something. Like you're <laughs> like, oh shit, you know. Um, so that that hit for me as you were sharing that. That's really cool. And so so we're saying okay. You keep saying esoteric. Is that more in the realm of music or is that like philosophers or? Uh, was so when I was working like night times I was going to bed uh, like uh, and I, I started one of the drummer in, in our bands introduced me to a book by Robert Monroe about out-of-body experiences mm. and so that was basically I was really hardly practicing it I mean practicing it very hard uh, it so basically a short story that this guy was uh, kind of sleeping on his couch one night and then kind of collapsed from his body and then realized he sees him from, from the outside and then he started tripping all over the place. And then the funny thing that he built, he, he found a um, kind of university of out-of-body experiences in, in the United States and he built like cabins for people to go into this half dream like state and all that stuff. I was really practicing it really hard. He, he had tapes that you can listen to. And although I never had kind of out of body experiences, but I, I'm sure it kind of did something interesting with my kind of awareness or something. Yeah. Yeah. So it set the foundation maybe for that, that first little experience coming home from the concert. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. So now just 
I love, not everyone is as good at staying chronological as you have been so far, so I want to compliment you on that, because <laughs> I have the anticipation of, okay, well, what comes next, right? <laughs> so I, I'm going to ask, what came next? Was there certain teachers that you've stumbled across or certain experiences? Um, yeah, and, and then, then also prior to that kind of big awakening, there was a moment when I was, apart from that book, I also started, it's funny that kind of life was introducing me to all kind of ideas again through m different musicians because our band was constantly changing musicians so it was me and my friend like the main people and then we were in, in constant search for better people or something like that and then not, not to cut you off what what instrument do you play uh bass Oh, right on. Cool. I, you know what? I was going to guess that. That's so funny. you got a bass personality, right? On. I play guitar and I have played bass too. Okay, That's good. Cool. And, yeah. Um, yeah, and then they started um, introducing some funny books to me. And they were mostly in Russian. And one book was called Transurfing the Reality or something like that. And then it was... Or transcending. Well, in Russian, it's called transurfing. So it's, it's kind of like transcending plus, plus surfing or something like that. I love it. That's better than transcending. <laughs> it's more and, verb, uh, transurfing. Yeah. I, I never actually thought what it means. It, it's funny. And uh, yeah, it, it started introducing some kind of something a little bit more close to non-duality maybe. And then... Probably the closest was a funny book that was called, uh, well, I, I don't really remember the name, but the idea was that you, you have kind of like opposite polarities, like hot and cold mm. or like ugly and beautiful. And you have it on paper and you can read it like ugly and beautiful. And then, then you say flush. And so, so you're, oh. you're, you're flushing all these polarities. <laughs> down the toilet. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, oh, and at, the, at the beginning cool. of the book, at the beginning of the book, it was like a little affirm, affirmation that you read. And it says like you, you're kind of connecting to the consciousness of the writer, which will help you with this pro process. It's like you're tuning into some kind of stream. Interesting. And, yeah. That sounds like a hell of a cool book, man. Yeah. Do you remember the name of it? It's something in Russian uh, or... I wonder if it's yeah. translated to English. I, I just forgot the name of this animal. Maybe I'll... Um, maybe Google Translate. Uh, so it was called Turbo Ground Squirrel. Turbo Ground Squirrel. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I'm going to look it up. I'll see if it's in English. It sounds like a cool practice. Yeah. Like, yeah. Holding two dualities and then flush it out. Right on. And I, I never really thought uh, about like what, what, what it, how, how it relates to non-duality, but actually quite relates to it because it has like opposite set of polarities mm -hmm. and then it basically flashes it into kind of non-duality. Yeah. Flash or flush? Uh, flush like in the toilet. Yeah, like toilet flush yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, there was also... So basically, yeah, then, then I had this, that big experience and I... It, it's like an interesting split occurred. Part of me was like super excited about it. And I thought like, wow, this, is, this must be all that stuff. I think I also was reading something else just prior to that, but I, I don't exactly remember. And um, I thought, well, all these books were, oh yes, there was another thing called Cryon. It's like a channeler uh, that was something like presumably a spirit of Jesus Christ or something like that. And that's probably was the most uh, probably the, the closest to that idea of awakening or something like that, although they never speak in these terms, I think. So, 
it was like more like raising vibrations or something like that. Um, so yeah, I had this experience and I thought, wow, that's what they speak about. And then another part of me was like mortified or completely freaked yeah. out. <laughs> and it was like an inter interesting split. And I actually grabbed a, some paper and started writing down because I think, wow, if I forget this, <laughs> like <laughs> I'm gonna regret. <laughs> and so I written it down and then it was funny, like, I observed like split mind. One was saying like, wow, this is so cool. And the other was like all, all, all kind of fearful thoughts and stuff like that. And then it's kind of started subsiding, subsiding. And then next day I woke up and it was back to so-called normal state. But also my body was very kind of stiff. It was like, I don't know, like after a horrible Kundalini rush of energy or something like that. And then uh, I kind of was very upset that it disappeared. But, <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> but interestingly, that's not when I started seeking to return to it, probably because I was too afraid of it or maybe because I didn't, like my, my conscious mind didn't understand what happened. Yeah. And so I basically kind of forgot about it, went into my music career again, like uh, relationships. And then uh, a friend of mine sent me a link on YouTube, which was Muji. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> I started yeah. listening and I had like, uh, like a wave of resistance. And I thought like, what this man with beard is talking here, like in mm -hmm. some kind of nonsense. And I just, stopped it and I went in the kitchen and it was like, like, uh, man, he's describing my experience. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then it's completely, I just lost it like for three months, like watching all his videos, like yep. totally nonstop. <laughs> so interesting, man. I, I, I so <laughs> our stories have a lot of parallels. I, I started, um, I think I always had Kundalini stuff, but I never really knew what it was until someone gave me the, the verbiage for it. And then I sort of pursued it for a minute of like trying to uh, create Kundalini states through listening to certain musics or doing meditations. And then it scared the shit out of me, you know, and it was the same thing. The split mind of one is like, this is what you've always been looking for. You, you've been asking for this, you know, and then the other side going, but you're, this is terrifying. You're going to fucking die. You're not going to be able to you know, hold down your responsibilities. You got a family to care about. So I had that thing going on and I sort of dropped it. And then around that time, Muji too, the same dude was introduced to me. And the same, when I would listen to him, I would be the same thing of like, oh shit, this is a dude saying... Um, kind of what I always have been wanting to hear in such a beautiful, poetic way. And plus, I always had a connection with Ramana, and he's in that lineage. But at the same, there was a resistance at the same time. It was like a magnetic pull. Like, I couldn't, I didn't want to watch the next video, but I kind of had to, you know. So it's very funny that I'm here in similar, yeah, process for you. Right on. Yeah. Okay, so we're saying three months of Muji, uh, Muji Obsession, which might have been about as long as my obsession with too. Um, and where did that lead you? Well, then um, it led me to a broken relationship. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because that. because uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, and then um, so it actually was probably what they call a honeymoon uh, with mm -hmm. non-duality because it was like really in the flow. Everything was I don't know, this experience of I amness, like very joyous state. And then I, I, I literally felt that it's just around the corner and, yeah. and not only felt like it's, it's coming, but also, also felt like something is literally different. Mm -hmm. And then three months after Muji went, came to Moscow this is like for the first time and I was like, wow, this is like a super coincidence. I've just uh -huh. found, found him and he's coming to Russia. Synchronicity, it's, yeah. 
Yeah. So I went to his retreat. And um, in Moscow. Yeah, in Moscow. And basically, I think. Yeah, it was. I think I paid some money, and I was like very on a very low financial bottom at the moment. Mm -hmm. But somehow, also, I think I received a credit card in my post box or something like that. Yeah. And <laughs> I just used it for for the retreat, and. Uh, so yeah, I went there and like the, 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 the biggest pointer, uh, the, the, the biggest thing that I liked was when he was introducing the idea of can the, can the perceiver be perceived? Mm -hmm. And I really like played with it. And then basically it, gotten, it has gotten to a point probably which Paul calls like claiming because I, I went into almost like trying to force like I was like like I really gonna get it <laughs> like yeah, yeah. can the perceiver be perceived can the perceiver be perceived <laughs> and I was yeah. I was sitting I was sitting in Starbucks one day like probably nine months after that first awakening experience all the trip with Muji I was just so frustrated like I, I just was just knocking my head on the wall with all that and I just started roaming about in YouTube, then I found Eckhart Tolle, and then after that, shortly I found Lisa Kerr, and and then I had again like after Eckhart Tolle, I had uh, like a second awakening, big awakening experience, which was kind of similar. I was on the street; everything was like no sense of time. Everything is super vibrant and stuff like that. Yeah. And I, I sent an email to Lisa Kearns and because uh, I was after Muji, I said something like, please guide me all the way like into the total freedom. Yeah. And she said, she replied back and she said like, I can't guide, guide you, there's no you. And like, like what? <laughs> <laughs> That's not what I want to hear. <laughs> yeah. But then I somehow, somehow tuned into it and I was watching her for a bit and then I got in touch with some other people who are at the moment and, and she basically just just appeared on YouTube, her very first videos and then some people were Skyping with, with her and uh, I was invited to a like five people group Skype with, with Lisa mm -hmm. and it was super, like the energy was just so lovely and but I was still kind of my, my mind probably wasn't satisfied and I was still kind of trying to find something in my head still seeking uh, yeah. yeah and then basically she said like maybe you should talk to Roger Roger Castillo who's a, a student of Ramesh Balsikar and he's a, yeah, main idea is non-doership. Mm -hmm. And then basically there was the next biggest part of my transition to teaching of non-doership with Roger. And also it's interesting that I met Lisa and Roger just at the moment where they were just starting with their, te their teaching. They weren't yeah. like on YouTube and stuff like that. And it, and how long goes that? Yeah. That was like 2011, something like that. And uh, yeah, so I spent like, again, like another year with Roger and Messenger. He was like sharing tons of stuff with me, all the concepts about non-doership, also about just consciousness and nature of consciousness. And yeah, it was a big, big thing for probably till 2013 or something like that. Yeah, man, it, you you had a real like slow cook, man. There's many layers. <laughs> yeah. Of, like when you smoke ribs or brisket, you get those rings of layers, low and slow. It's cool, yeah. man. It, 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 I'm sure it's funny. I'm sure you have a similar feel to me. You look back, and it's like you don't think of all the steps. You just kind of think of where you're at. But it's that's what one of these things that's fun about this podcast is uh, 
giving the opportunity for someone to really consider like, oh yeah, all these, you kind of see how they build on top of each other and, and slowly reveal, you know, and the funny thing always when, when you end up where you're at right here upon yeah, having okay. never left, right? Yeah. <laughs> it, you, you, I, you can't help but see it all in a new light, right? There's new things are revealed and then that's, that's a cool thing that I, I talk with my kids about sometimes like, if you have a certain idea about something that happened in the past and what it means, just wait. It will change. <laughs> like it's not, Nothing is fixed for the rest of your fucking life. And there, uh, to me, there's such a cool freedom in that, in that the story will continually, like Paul talks about, when you hit rock bottom, it, you say it's the worst day of your life, and then if you find AA and a few years later, it becomes the best day of your life because it was the day that you turned it around, right? So that's, this is always a fun exploration. I'm really enjoying hearing your exploration through this. Um, so cool. Okay. So we're, we're, at, we're up to about 2013. I'm very impressed with your ability to stay chronological. <laughs> <laughs> what do we got next? Well, next, uh, so yeah, I, I spent a year and a half probably with Roger, and then it reached, reached a point when he basically said, looks like you have a good understanding of it. And I, I think he said like, I think you got it or something like that. But uh, I treated it like, like the final thing. And then for five minutes I had euphoria. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, and then after, I was like- After he said you got it, then you had the five minutes of euphoria? Yeah, right yeah, on. yeah. <laughs> And then I was sitting again in the, in the cafe. I was like, wait a minute, like, that's not, that's not it. Like something is not, not complete. I wanted to and, be forever. Yeah. yeah. And then I started ha having like moments of despair and I started going back to Roger and he would point something out. And basically then I, I, got frustrated with all that because I kind of got it all in my, in my, well, it wasn't, wasn't only in my head it was also some kind of experience, but it wasn't the, the final thing, whatever it yeah. may be. And, uh, I kind of got frustrated with non-duality. I went back into like music a little bit and then in 2015, again, I went to Rogers, Rogers retreat in France, uh, which was really cool. We were living in a, like something like 17th century castle wow. uh, for two weeks. And yeah. there was a private cook, which was cooking like gourmet food and stuff like that. And then apart from satsang, of course, and, uh, and then there I started to have like really intense, like emotional discomfort. Mm. And that's where Roger started introducing the idea of emotional releases. Mm. And I was really not into that. I kind of didn't look forward to, to have this dark night of the soul, yeah. like complete despair kind of thing. And that's basically, I returned back to Moscow and then my life took a spin where I developed a addiction, uh, kind of using non-duality, doing different like nasty things and uh, addiction. And so then that's how I went into the 12 steps for, for a year and a half. Mm. And that's basically where Paul comes in because uh, although, although I, I was already watching his non-duality things, but then it was interesting, again, like interesting synchronicity that although it wasn't, I wasn't enjoying that part of the journey at all, <laughs> but uh, it's interesting that Paul made that connection with non-duality in 12 steps. Yeah. And so I went into 12 steps, continued to kind of entertain non-duality so I was there for for a year and a half, and uh, and then basically again returned to Roger's teaching, 
polls teach like not not teaching maybe even just yeah. <laughs> talks yeah, yeah message yeah yeah so that's that's yeah plus watching a whole ton of non-duality teachers yeah in between <laughs> yeah yeah right on. get it wherever you can right um similar yeah right on. wow that's really interesting man yeah it seemed like uh getting back to the the slow cook a lot a lot went on, a lot of marinating went on before that dark night of the soul rolled around, <laughs> which, mm -hmm. yeah, which is interesting. In, in some ways, it's like, um, what a blessing that you had the teaching and the foundation to a certain, to have a certain state of awareness or recognition to see what it is, but it doesn't, when you're in it, it doesn't make it any easier. <laughs> when you're in that despair and that hell on earth, it's, it's, yeah, I've, I've been through similar places, man, and it's, uh, uh, I don't know the exact chronology of it exactly, but I know Paul was sort of the, the punchline um, in that too for me. Because um, everything, there's so much great non-duality, so many great teachers, so many great stuff, so much great stuff on YouTube. And what I've said again and again is the one thing none of them are quite offering that Paul, the, the message that Paul gives is an end to seeking. Like you can just drop it, like like it, it it's not in the next thing. It's not it it's seeing what you're not, and and the greatest illustration of what you're not is believing it's anywhere except for right here, believing it's just around the corner, believing oh or even more insidious if I could have changed something in the past, right? <laughs> if I would have just shifted this little gear or that or this and met this person or not have done this and. Uh, the gift of surrendering to all of that and ending up right here where you already are is that's what I'm all about. That's what this podcast is all about. This is what I love sharing with people. And uh, what a what an interesting story, man. That really, it's like a roller coaster. There's lots of <laughs> twists and turns and ups and downs. And uh, yeah. I'm so happy to see to see you here. Um, it, it's it. I, I I don't want to project, but it seems like probably the, the lightest traveling so far on the whole roller coaster. Yeah, well, yeah, who, who knows, but... Who knows, exactly. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. when I was, like, in all these five years in non-duality, I, I had no idea I would go, go into 12 steps. Because... Mm -hmm. uh, it was kind of ass backwards because yeah. I don't know. Yeah, like, I was thinking. Oh, like, yeah. <laughs> I'm very curious about that. Yeah, yeah the, the, the addiction came in late in the game. Normally, <laughs> most people, your story flipped on its head, which is interesting. Yeah, there's something unique there too. And it's also interesting that back in like, in the very first years, I was listening to, a, Arya Shanti's book, the the end of your world, and in the book he introduced the idea of, like a kind of phase when ego ego grasps the teaching teaching and it becomes like a super ego mm -hmm. and i was like listening to it and and then also in, in the same book he said like his his teacher warned him of that but he still went through all that and i was like well hopefully that doesn't happen with me because now, <laughs> now i i heard that like yeah. i was i was you like, had the warning yeah, I had the warning, and uh, and then it's funny to to see that I went through exact like yep. particular stages. It's just like family, <laughs> huh? You know, like the parents and the grandparents know that, but yeah, so, yeah. repeatedly so. Your, your your parents come to you and you say, "Hey, learn from me. Don't make the same mistakes." And, <laughs> you know, inevitably, so many of the kids make the same mistakes, and that that's that, it's such a I, I more and more what I love about non-duality and you know Paul's message with so many of them is understanding that it's not going to make sense in the mind once you've created a thought once there's been a thought or a word or an explanation for something it's dead it's not it's not the verbing it's not the river right you go in and you take a cup and scoop out the river and you go this is the Colorado River no it's, it's dead at that point it's the rivering you missed the most important part and, you know, if a parent comes up to their kid and says, 
hey, don't make these same mistakes I did. <laughs> you're they're presenting a dead <laughs> you know, idea to them. It, it, that's, I think, you know, going back to the Adi Ashanti and hearing it, you know, okay, well, I, I got the warnings and I'm not going to miss it. It's funny, too, because it's one warning in one book. And Paul's message is like, He's like, the most important things are the warnings. I'm going to hit you guys with it <laughs> twice a week, you know, uh, forever. Um, uh, because if you're missing the warning, then, like you said, the claiming. What's claiming it? What's the one that believes it? Okay, I got it. Not going to fall for that one. And then on with my merry way. That's the, that's the policeman and the robber just exchanging, you know, suits. So it's, it's, it's one of the very funny, it's to be on the other end of it. It's fucking hilarious, but yeah, when you're in it, it can cause a lot of suffering, you know? Yeah. yeah so. Can I ask how that worked out with the addiction? Did that, did addiction go into remission and, and that stayed relatively small or? Well, be a big issue? I'd say I'll, I still experience their like remnants of it, but the big part of it, was removed the the, uh, the behavior of my personality changed in a great way. Like I stopped doing all these weird things to other people, and and then using non-duality to say like, "Oh, I didn't do it." <laughs> and well, I mean, of course, it's still happening, but. Uh, like not to the degree when I was like really burning bridges and stuff like that and yeah. like forcing myself into like really shitty financial situation. Mm -hmm. uh, just yeah, weird relationships with people, just using people and stuff like that. Like the big part was changed for sure, but then yeah, it's, I, I can't say that I completely kind of cured from that. <laughs> yeah, I don't think any of us are, right? Yeah. But yeah. If, if anything, it's not, it, Mike and I talk about this all the time, it's not the idea of like, okay, I officially am done doing fucked up things forever. Like, you know, because <laughs> <laughs> that's just the complete, you know, that that's only going to create tension yes. of the next time that you, <laughs> yes. that you do the fucked up thing and then you beat yourself up for it. That becomes its own little... Uh, perpetuating self-fulfilling prophecy you know circulating current of the same thing but um maybe there's a creation for me one of the ways i like to explain it even to people that aren't into non-duality is there's more space so instead of the um the the impulse reaction and then you do it and then that can be a lot more destructive with relationships with finances with so much so many things there, there's a little bit more space and recognition of, to use the Paul language, what you're not. You go, oh, okay, this drive, this is a, this is a completely law-abiding, natural drive that's designed by evolution, because evolution's job is to keep me alive, keep me safe, and let me procreate, right? So that drive is doing its job, but there's a little bit of space to go, but it's not a skillful way to act out, you know? And, yeah. and if anything, over time, it seems like a generally... Uh, progressive climb for me of more and more space, more and more pause. I love that Paul, you know, way of framing it, a pause, a, a under arrest, rest, being under rest. And just, if you can chill the hell out, a lot of those tornadoes are allowed to come and go. And they tend to be a lot smaller, you know, and a lot quicker. They come and go a lot quicker too. So yeah. that's, it's cool to hear like, I, I, if someone comes along and they go, yep, I'm definitely 100% done taking advantage of people. <laughs> I'm like, uh oh, <laughs> like <laughs> there's something you're not, you're missing there, man. But okay, <laughs> you're allowed to be where you're at. But I, I always enjoy somebody saying, yeah, there's been improvement and there's still work to be done. I say that all the fuck. I say it to my kids. I still got work to do, guys. I got so I got probably another 60 years of you know work to put in over here, and that's what life is. No, never. Don't ever believe you got it solid. So yeah, and that that yeah that part that Paul speaks about. But even right before, right when I uh, left uh, the twelve steps, then I heard uh, Roger introduced an idea, kind of which stuck in my head. Uh, and I remember that even the video was called "An Interesting Look at Addiction," 
and he introduced an idea which probably if I heard it before the 12 steps, I would probably use it in the wrong way. But yeah. after that, it was interesting to hear that he said like, if you have an urge, like let's say to eat an ice cream and like the, the original thing uh, behind that is probably uh, guilt. And so if you eat an ice cream and then you have a guilt on top of it, that's where the, the vicious circle starts. And then he said, like, uh, he introduced an idea that no one ever said to me that just basically the main thing is, is awareness of your behavior. And then also, like, like just like in the 12 steps, like, realize that you're powerless over it. Yeah. And then if it happens, then kind of see that you were powerless and then maybe the so maybe the the initial guilt is there but th there won't be a secondary layer of guilt yes. for like i shouldn't have done this mm -hmm. and then basically he said if you have an addiction to alcohol like maybe not in a like a horrible way but if you have an addiction in a way that you sometimes drink more like like a little bit more than you wanted to then just maybe try that idea that to see that you were forced to do that. You're basically like in 12 steps, but it was like a little, from a little different angle. Mm -hmm. And then in relationship to guilt. And then he said like, first, what likely would happen is that you will stop blaming yourself for kind of being, uh, for basically acting out. And then, um, and then uh, you'll see, and he also said that it's very easy to see in an example of depression, because when depression comes for people, like it's super easy to see that you didn't do it. Like you would, yeah. you, you would have easily turned off from it, like switched it off, but you, you, you can't, do, can't, can't do anything about it. And Absolutely. so that was the yeah, that was the first thing. And then I heard Paul saying that stuff kind of in his own way. Uh, and, um, and then it leads to probably my latest uh, fashion, uh, like a teacher called Robert Wolf. And he has a, uh, uh, like a section, a separate section of on his website and it's specifically about, I think, called Ajada, which is from, I think, from Ramana, Ramana's teaching and also somewhere around it. And it's the idea of, also, it also coinc, uh, coincides with the idea of emptiness in uh, uh, Buddhism. And um, it's, so, so, so the basic concept is that non-duality speaks that there isn't, basically th there aren't two things. And Ajada kind of goes even beyond that by saying that even whatever this is, this is basically nothing. And yeah, so I, I just recently discovered it. A friend suggested it to me and I started reading and it was like, I don't know, like really something experiential, like uh, I kind of lost track a little bit. Yeah, no, no, that's cool. Going. I, I want to, I don't ever take notes, but I'll try to remember if I say it, maybe Michael remember too. Robert Wolf, was that the name of the? Yeah, and th there is a really cool, so it's Wolf, like Wolf, but with the E at the end. Okay. And um, there was a really cool short video, 20 minutes, where he sits in the nature. And then he introduces all that stuff. And then if you go to his website, which I think is livingnonduality.com, there is a separate section about Ajata. And uh, I basically printed that stuff and I was reading it for a few weeks. And it, it's like really probably kind of this, uh, the same feeling that maybe on, only with Paul, I, I had this sense of pause but then again, when I was reading that stuff, it also like 
Uh, and, and there is a really nice um, quote that he quotes in this book, like over and over again. I think it's from it's from some older Zen saying, which says, "If there's nothing from the start, where can the dust alight?" Yeah, <laughs> and it was like sounds like poetry for me. It's just yeah. absolutely amazing. Yeah, I love it, man. And so, just to um, share a similar feeling, I, I love Paul's message. It's my go-to kind of anchor through the week. But there are, I still love certain experiential things too, because they are cool little anchors. And and I also, it sounds like this certain technique is similar in that it, it's incredibly simple, right? Like for me, it needs to be like a one-step process, or else I'm not going to do it reliably. I've too got too much. Uh, chaos in my day. So I, people that listen to this podcast probably know what I'm going to bring up. My favorite one is the headless way. Have you ever heard any of uh, that? D- Douglas Harding? Douglas Harding, that's the one. We almost uh-huh. always get the name wrong. Yes, and his student, Richard Lang, I've been emailing back and forth with. He's going to do the podcast sometime soon, which I'm super stoked about. Um, so yeah, it, again, that kind of, when, when you were talking about the experiential, I thought of two things. I thought of Tibetan dream yoga, if you've heard of any of that. And then also headless way of just like, you, there's no requirements, just look for your head, you know, <laughs> like it's a one step process. And, and it, for me, I, I, one of the things a lot for me is like all your problems kind of are based around the idea that you have a head. So as soon as you look for it and you realize you can't find Where's it. Where's the head? <laughs> Where's the head? <laughs> in a way, all the problems kind of go away. In, in this yeah. very reliable way, like it, it, it's... It's so empty. It's so just that, so, so jada. Yeah, so yeah, it is. It, re- it really is empty in this way of like th- there's so many skillful means. There's so many mantras that can be co-opted by selfing and, and imply something. And yeah, maybe you know they have that kind of addictive quality and that they work for the first hundred times and then you start to see. And, and you know, I, I've even kind of like done a little awareness experiment of like, can selfing claim to have no head? And it can't quite seem to do it. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so I just I wanted to share that with you because you were sharing that cool. And then Tibetan dream yoga is a similar thing. Of uh, In Tibetan Buddhism, there's a certain practice of um, asking yourself, it's a one-question practice, am I dreaming? Right? Mm. And then mm. and, and it, you can get to the point, I think, the idea is when you're dreaming, you do the same thing, kind of lucid dreaming. You go, am I dreaming? Mm-hmm. And then when you wake up, you keep asking the question, am I dreaming? And then you check in. And that can, that can for one, create a little pause again, that am I dreaming? Oh, you got to look, right? Instead of being identified as the dreamt, as, you know, we can tend to spend most of our time, for a moment, you're kind of seeing from the dreaming. You go, am I dreaming? And then... It just like right now, kind of just all the stuff, the thoughts sort of yeah. <laughs> screech to a halt. And then if reliably throughout the day, you know, you, you more and more can see from the dreaming instead of from the dream. So you just inspired me to share those two with you. Because yeah, you that's share. beautiful. And I, I, I really, maybe I will try this headless thing in regards to selfing because that's interesting. And I, I, I like the dream is my favorite analogy, like, yeah. Probably it's from Ramana, but also like many other teachers like Rupert Spira, Spira mm-hmm. uh, like even Roger also often uses that concept. And as well as Robert Wolf uh, was just recently reading and he, he uses it over, over and over like, like if you dream about some stuff and then you wake up like where's all that? Yeah. And, and then I, I, re- I remembered actually why I brought Robert up uh, just to finish kind of the, the link. Because uh, when, when we were speaking about uh, like improving the behavior and stuff like that, yeah. I think there, there is a certain degree of that before maybe when, like when the, the most horrible claiming and using of non-duality stops. And then there is a point where what Paul calls acceptance of the character jumps in. And that's what I really loved about Robert's book that he says that this is not about like becoming a saint. This is not about improving your 
behavior and he puts it in a simple way that whatever is happening that's the absolute doing its thing yeah it can't be it couldn't be anything else right yeah yeah and there's a lot of relief that can come from that right yeah yeah i was when i watched that little video with him i was just it wasn't it wasn't like big awakening experience like i had before but it was like a relief and i thought wow that relief is much better than any awakening experience i had <laughs> yes bro 100 i couldn't agree more and that's something that the reason uh that i reliably go to paul go to paul's meetings is because it's the relief yes all sorts of crazy awakening kundalini stuff happens sometimes sometimes nothing happens but it, you know and paul always talks about in the end what do you, what more can you ask for than traveling lighter we think you know you got chariot to the gods or whatever or you know we're going to transcend and it's like that idea of wanting to transcend and and all of that it it's a great motivating force because it's taking the the it's the logical conclusion of it's it's going to be in the next t-shirt i buy it's going to be in the next drink it's going to be in the next girlfriend it's going to be in the next job it's going to be in the next whatever you can go down and then the logical conclusion is transcending this fucking place right like that that's the ultimate seeking of you know, the ultimate drive of seeking and okay let's say you hit some sort of state of transcending for one if you really transcended you want to be around to notice <laughs> yeah <laughs> until the, <laughs> until you come back in, right until you come back online um, until you say then, I, i'm transcending <laughs> yeah, oh i'm transcending oh damn it i stopped it again that's you know i'm having a, an epiphany oh the epiphany stuff um it, it, but then the other thing is when i've had super intense uh energy experiences it's always sort of like oh no this wasn't what i wanted <laughs> you know, in some way that split brain again of oh yeah this is what i wanted this is so cool and then kind of like oh wait no it's not quite you know and and we've talked about that in drug experiences too where you know you kind of go like wow i feel quote the happiest and most amazing i've ever felt but it's just this isn't it this, that promise that was made by the seeking behavior it never delivers you know on on what it promises and and that's a great so that creates relief is a recognition of that so in the end what do you, what more do you want than traveling lighter that's i'm in that book like you know i'm in, i'm in that court like so I see that which i see which that which does is, want to ask for more than traveling lighter yeah exactly yeah i i see that as what wants more than traveling lighter is not me and yeah. and you know and yeah. again just just to echo that relief of you know you can travel lighter of all this stuff and all the other stuff is cool and if you're into something you can't make yourself stop being into it you know yeah i, I think about that all the time if you're into music you're going to continually listen to music and enjoy it and if you're into the spiritual stuff you're going to continue to do it but uh seeing through the lie that you're ever going to arrive anywhere except for right where you are you know is that's where the relief is i think yeah yeah and i i never cuz some people are saying like they went into non-duality and then they kind of didn't get what they wanted and then although i i never heard it from people i heard it from teachers that people would come to them like talk with them have some kind of opening and then kind of saying well that's probably not what i was looking for and just went by and i i never could imagine for myself like i can't possibly forget about it <laughs> yeah 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 i mean this it's kind of like a once you've been let in on this little secret or this little way of seeing it you kind of can't help but i i like i liken it to once you know that your parents are santa claus you can't force yourself to believe <laughs> that they're actually the santa claus anymore it's just you know once it's revealed it's revealed and uh and yeah life goes on but from this new perspective so you know uh i just got my alarm so we're going to wrap this up we obviously have a whole lot more we could dive into and share so this will be the best conversations are unfinished this will be a uh, a continuation but what a great introduction to you dimitri man you, you got a great story and uh this was a lot of fun thanks i really really enjoyed it, it was i i didn't even notice how 
time went by. <laughs> yeah, I know. It felt like a few minutes, right? It just yeah. an hour and just flew by. But we just switched rooms now, right? Yeah, we, we switched <laughs> rooms. We'll see it. You'll be in a slightly smaller square. <laughs> yeah, in a non-existent square. So oh, you know what? I, I should do this. Uh, do you want to promote anything? Some people listen to this, your website or anything like that. Oh, well, uh, if someone needs a web design, then they can check out my website, which is hard to pronounce really. It's <laughs> design, but without the E, it's like D-S-I-G-N dot site. Okay. Design oh, really? dot site. Yeah, that's easy. Yeah. It still does have the S, design. Yeah. I mean, with the dot in the middle, okay. Cool. Yeah. Right on, cool. Well, check them out, guys, if you need a, a computer work, especially in the realm of non-duality. Because you got, yeah. you do, you're doing Paul's now, which is awesome. Yeah. And you also do your other. Uh, I did Rogers. I did, yeah. I w like some people were joking that I should should put non-dual web designer on my <laughs> website. <laughs> you might be the first in the world to have that job. <laughs> yeah. Talk about a unique niche. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Dimitri. Okay, well, we're going to sign out. Uh, I'm going to get some water and prepare for Satsang. So thank you so much, man. Yeah, thanks so much for enjoying. Really appreciate it. That was fun. Thanks. Cheers. Yeah. See you in a second. Bye-bye. <laughs> yeah, see ya. That was awesome.